Good morning, everybody. Um, hey, God bless the king. We have a new king over us, if, if you hadn't realized that, as part of the Commonwealth. And um, I want to encourage you all to be interceding for your king, whether you um, agree with the framework of um, uh, the way the Commonwealth operates or not. He is our king. And so I encourage you to be praying for him. And he made a confession last night of his allegiance to Christ as king, as his king, and that he has come to serve in the agenda of King Jesus. And that is his servant heart and attitude. And so I want to encourage you all, please be praying for your king and my king. Uh, also, I want to encourage you, please be praying for our leaders right across our nation. We have leaders um, that hold office and influence and all sorts of um, responsibility to be servants of the people. And so please keep them in your prayers. You know, last night was a really good illustration of and reminder of it's important that the people of Jesus take up their high calling to be a people who pray for those who lead. It's not just some add-on thing that we do. It's a high calling of the people of Jesus in the earth to be the ones who partner with the intercessory prayers of Jesus that are happening right now next to the Father for those in leadership, for those in positions and places of authority in the earth, for kings and rulers. And so I want to encourage you, please be in prayer. It's very important at this point in time. Hey, um, I'm going to ask um, uh, Sam if he could pop up on the projector there, the, um, the slide, first slide for this morning. We're going to take some time this morning, and I want to get you to open your Bible up to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. That's a very interesting psalm at a time like this. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to go there. Uh, one of the things I've loved uh, out of um, last Sunday's worship was this, um, I went home singing that song about, keep me abiding, keep me abiding in you that my, I, my life might bear fruit. And I've been just singing that all week. That thing just has been like on repeat in me all week, and I, you know, by the Holy Spirit, that, that my deepest cry and prayer would just be that, Lord, I, I want your life in and through me. Keep me abiding in you that my life would continue to bear fruit. And, um, <clears throat> and then obviously that, uh, you know, Neil started with the confession of in worship this morning. He said, God, you're good. That was the first thing that came out of his mouth. And, um, and then we sang that song. He led us in that song. I see the evidence of your goodness on my life. So I want to pick up on that because I think the Holy Spirit's trying to breathe something into our mind, into our life, into our heart about the fact that God is good and, and the evidence of his goodness is on you and for you. So, um, and his goodness wants to um, minister to us in a particular way this morning. So we're going to touch on to that. Um, <clears throat> Psalm 23, and we're going to read a few of the verses together in a minute. Um, but before we get there, uh, I don't know if you have this problem, but for me, every, every year, I'm not very good at this, 
But every year my family comes to me at my birthday, in the lead up to my birthday, and they say, what do you want for your birthday? And, and it's just a, it's, um, it's like a full lay down mazare, you know, they're basically saying, our lives are open to you, our wallets are open to you, what do you want? And I always go for stuff like, oh, I sort of have a bit of a think, I don't know, new t-shirts, that'd be good. Maybe a new pair of flip-flops with some thongs would be great. Uh, something, I don't know, some, I don't know, a voucher for some something at the sports shop, something like that. I'm not very good at, um, you know, sort of saying what I want. And, um, and, and uh, so if I, I'm not sure if that's your situation, but it is mine whenever I get asked, what do you want this year? So... It actually, I have to actually take a bit of time and do some work and I need to like focus in and go, well, what do I really want this year? What do I really want? And then I, you know, nut out a few things. It takes me a bit of work and I'll nut out a few things. I'll say, here you go. I'll send that into the family chat. Say, here you go. Any of these things would be awesome. Thanks. And, uh, but, you know, this morning, uh, if, if God was, I want you to just to, for a moment, if God was to step into your space and ask you that question, what do you want this year? Or what do you want in this moment? What do you want for your life right now? Um, usually we'll do a little bit of a, a stock take, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. We'll do a bit of a stock take. We'll look at some, you know, we usually start with the material things we, and then we say to the Lord something like, Oh, gosh, you know, you know, Lord, it'd be nice if I had a pay rise or, you know, I just, just want to get through the next quarter. It'd be awesome. Or, um, and then we start to sort of move in a little bit. And it's like, oh, well, you know what, Lord, actually, I'd, um, I could do with some healing in my body. Or actually, I, then we go into some relationship stuff. It's like, actually, Lord, I, I could really do with my relationship with my family members being restored or healed or um, coming into a new season. And, and then we start to really nail, sort of zero down, if, if we take the time to take stock and answer that question before God. And we start to come into that space of, of saying, God, actually, the bits about me that I'm, I'm, I don't love about me, would you help me in those spaces too? So we start with the peripheral, and then we start to sort of zone in with the help of God. But this week... I spent a bunch of time encountering God's goodness towards me. And, and particularly as I pondered again his presence while I read Psalm 23. The fruit of this experience is that God's goodness has, has ministered to me this week in a very special way. To the point where I've been singing this, I just want to bear fruit all week song. And, um, but his goodness brought me to a moment and touched a place in me that I wasn't quite aware of. He touched a, a part of me where I have this nagging sense of insufficiency around my life, this nagging sense of I don't have enough or um, both externally around me and then narrowing in into me, all these little bits of insufficiency. And he began to reach into that with his goodness and today, I've got a hunch that the Holy Spirit is wanting to come and touch many of us with God's goodness, especially in the places 
that we contend with this sense of insufficiency in our lives. Did you know that insufficiency, the action of leaning into it, when we lean into insufficiency, it manifests in certain ways. It has certain behaviours. And a few of those behaviours are um, control and self-determination. Control and self-determination are two of the manifestations that we move into when we, re- when we feel like there's this nagging sense of insufficiency in our life or around our life. And so I wanna, we're going to read together this psalm that was composed by David. He was a king when he wrote this, and he wrote it from a um, pretty dark spot. You know, he, he, he'd been through some pretty dark realities and some um, pretty dumb, dark choices uh, that he'd participated in. He'd, um, he'd, he'd basically took another man's wife, and he had that man killed so he could be with that man's wife. He, um, he was supposed to be out on the front line leading his nation into what was a contest at the time. Instead, he was at home, um, you know, spying on the woman across the way. And um, David got himself into all sorts of trouble. And, um, but then he has this experience of the goodness of God that touches his life. In all of the driving insufficiencies that he had in him. And he wrote this psalm. He wrote this psalm. And we're going to pop it up on the screen on the next slide. What I might just ask this morning is maybe we might just all stand up together and read this psalm out together out loud because it's really good to vocalize the scriptures. I don't know if you have a practice of this at home, but sometimes it looks like I'm just talking to myself out in the backyard. But we're, we're not on our own today, so we're not talking to ourselves. We're talking to the Lord in the presence of each other. But let's just read this psalm out together. Okay, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thanks, folks. Take a seat. Just one of the first thing I want to touch on this morning is one of the nagging senses that many of us right now in the Australian context are wrestling with is this whole issue of provision. It's on the news 24-7. Everyone's grabbing the microphone, trying to make the loudest case that they don't have enough. They don't have enough wages. They don't have enough to pay for groceries. They don't, we don't have enough to pay for rising power bills. We don't have enough to pay for our rising mortgages. There's, and, and there's this incredible overarching narrative in the atmosphere right now that is wanting to sow a spiritual dynamic of insufficiency into the earth. 
This is a spiritual dynamic that's taking place. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Jesus talks about very simply, uh, he, 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 he talks about how out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is, what is the mouth of our country saying right now? Well, the, and it's reflecting the inner workings of the core of our nation, which is saying insufficient, insufficient, insufficient. Um, and, and here, David would want to say to us that in the goodness of God touching his life, he says, I lack nothing. So he's actually saying that somehow in the relationship that he has with God as his shepherd king over him, he's saying that there is a sufficiency to be found. There is a place of sufficiency when the goodness of God rules and reigns and authors our life. And it, and it, and it, confronts and overturns insufficiency. Yeah, right now, it's an uncomfortable time for many of us. Uh, there is lack in, in, in some very real and practical senses. But there's also many that are crying out from a place of suburban materialism and wealth, and we're crying out from a place of fear of a perceived insufficiency when actually we have way more than we actually ever would need. But it's the fear of insufficiency that's coming at us that people are also yielding into. And they're yielding into it from their place of actually we have all that we need. But because we have bought into a narrative that says, oh, no, you, we need more. We don't have enough. And if you don't have this or that, then you are somehow living a lesser or insufficient life. It's into this context that we as the people of Jesus, and if we would listen to the, to the experience and the wisdom and the counsel of this guy called David, who was king, who, a king, he would say all that he ever needed and more was in his God and his relationship with his God. And if we would listen to that, maybe as individuals this morning, we just need to hear that again. We just need to stop and listen to the wisdom of God coming to us through the scriptures, speaking to us and saying to us, there is enough in me for you. David, while in a place of power, in a place of influence, in a place of self-determination and control, he realized that he had access to everything and anything that he needed to deal with his nagging insufficiency syndrome. And yet, he realized that it was only in his turning his life towards his God that the, his immediate sense and experience of insufficiency is removed and replaced with God's goodness. That's why this morning, before you, before you went and took the cup and the bread to this, this morning, 
I, I, I just ask you, please, just, just re- take one thing of the evidence of God's goodness on your life. Just bring that one thing with thanksgiving. How often our first response to God is insufficiency when if our life is actually turned towards him, we become stewards of his goodness. And this is why David's able to then write. He says, you know, God is my shepherding king over my life. And because of that, my life lacks for nothing. Now, we can sit here and go, well, mate, you're the king. You're in the palace. You've got all this stuff. And, but what he's saying in that, he's saying all the stuff doesn't set me free from the nagging sense of insufficiency. All the power, all the position, all of the gear, the regalia, the authority, none of that touches the deep nagging insufficiency. Only as I turn my life over to God and his goodness do I get set free. Sometimes God has to grab a hold of us to help us enter this reality. We don't necessarily come trundling into it with a great sense of like, oh, yippee, God wants to help me shift my sufficiency into him and out from all of the stuff that we've built our life around and on, both material, relational, um, vocationally, um, all of that stuff to turn from that into him. We don't necessarily come bounding in there and going, oh, you beauty, reorientate my life, Jesus, where you're the center. Sometimes God, though, has to grab a hold of us and help us enter into his presence, his goodness becoming the very source and the fulfillment of our life purpose and well-being. Listen to David as he writes it in verse 2. You can pop up the second slide. Thanks, Sam. David writes this. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside still waters. Have you ever had the experience of either a child, your child or your grandchild, or, or maybe you work in a daycare center where it's time for the little ones to have a rest? And they're just like amped up. They're wanting to hit the playground. They're wanting to hit the slides. And they don't have the emotional and cognitive development to, to realize, actually, if, if I don't have a rest, uh, I won't actually be able to enjoy what I really want to do. I'll actually just go get unhinged and go all crazy. So I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but I have distinct memories of all, all three of my kids at certain points where they've, they were growing up as little ones and they were just like amped up on activity and they needed to have a rest. And the only way it could happen was I would have to grab them and I would have to lie down with them in the bed for a quarter of an hour to help them just regulate, to help them just come on down and rest. The day is still going to be long. We've got lots of stuff to do. We've got all these things and people to see, all that stuff. But to do all of that, we just need to take some rest. Well, David's saying, you know, God as this wonderful king over his life has actually grabbed a hold of him and said, David, you don't know how to self-regulate, mate. And I'm 
going to lie you down. Sometimes the goodness of God will grab a hold of you and me because we don't know how to regulate our lives. And in his kindness, he will say, it's time to rest. In his kindness, he makes me lie down. He helps me rest from the relentless drivers that, that um, insufficiency breeds. Anxiety, cultural anxiety, there's not enough time, I don't have enough resource, I don't have enough this, I don't have enough that. No, no, no. God will come and grab you and lie you down like a child that needs to have a rest but can't self-regulate their emotions and their physical well-being. He is a loving God. And David realized that God in his kindness will lie you down. And it's interesting because one of the first reactions that we have, you know, as children when we get laid down for a rest is the pushback of the child's perception is, but I'm going to miss out on this and that and I want to do this and I want to go there. But look, look where David gets laid, you know, laid down by God. Where? In green pastures, in pastures where there is so much provision from God. But if you're not paying attention to it, you will miss it for fear of missing out what you think you need, self-determination and control. And God is in his kindness saying, let me take you out of all of that and lie you down. In You can rest now in my goodness which is the green pasture for your life. When it comes, and, and so green pastures, places of provision. And so when God takes us into this journey of rest, he provides for our needs. God is always wanting to move us from insufficiency towards the greater revelation and the relationship experience of his goodness, where we too can, like David, say, I lack nothing. Is that the first beat of our heart? I lack nothing. See, God wants to take us from out of the pastures of our own determination, of our own insecurity and the insufficiency that's driving it, and even the cultural atmosphere right now of pastures of insufficiency and bring us into his pasture of green provision. And the other thing is this, that um, if, if we can, um, oh, hang, he, says to, um, he says to David, he leads me beside still waters. Obviously, David here is using a, a, you know, a shepherd sheep illustration picture because sheep are pretty skittish and, and, and can fo- only focus in the absence of fear to take on board the water that they need for their well-being. They're very anxious little critters. And David's saying, God, as the good king, in his goodness, he will provide that place for you to take a good, deep drink of his living water that you actually need. And so when it comes to our relationship with God today, unlike King David, 
We now live, though, in the revelation of God coming to us in his son, Jesus. And Jesus says to anyone that would turn their life toward him, whether they've been walking alongside him for a long season or not. In John 10, 14, Jesus would say these words to us, I am the good shepherd. Jesus takes up this historical understanding of God as the good shepherd. And he says, I'm that good shepherd that your life needs. Do you need a good shepherd right now? Are you, be, are you being driven and, and beaten around from post to pillar from the impending fear of possible insufficiency? Are we working relentlessly through, you know, just sheer self-determination and control to somehow overcome these nagging invitations from God where he's trying, he's trying to say, come, lie down with me. Let me bring you into my provision. Is Jesus drawing near to help you lie down? I mean, what would happen if I, if I did surrender myself and, and my perceived in, insufficiencies to God? Well, next thing is there, it's, it's restoration. That, that's what God's in, intent is for all of us. Our lives would be restored. Now, when he says that, he, he's talking about the soul. He, he uses this word that speaks about that deep, internal working of the spiritual heart, of the intelligence of the mind and the will of a human being to be able to say yes and do. He's saying that place, that heart, that mind, that physiological capacity to think, to reason, to have emotional intelligence and to bring your will into a partnership of relationship with God. He's saying God wants to restore that part of us. A few years ago, I spent a small season restoring the walls in my home. After 10 years of living in this particular house, our home has been open to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Our, our home was worn out. The walls needed some care. They needed some restoration. So we washed them down, we, we patched the holes with putty, we sanded them back and then we, 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 um, to make sure they were all smooth and then we taped off the areas so that this colour paint wouldn't touch that colour paint and it would just be all there. There was a restoration process that had to take place. The walls of our home were restored. And David says that when God makes us lie down with him, he can help heal that part of us that needs to be restored. Whether it's a heart issue, a mind issue, a will issue, or even the physiological bo- your physiological body, he wants to bring restoration. God wants to heal us. He wants to heal us from the insufficiency syndrome. How? How do we do this? One of the things that Nicole and I have um, had over the years of where we found ourselves traveling for um, our work and our vocational responsibilities is we found ourselves in strange towns, cities and nations like we've never been there before. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We've never been in those airports. 
They don't speak English as a primary language. It's like, how do we do all of this? Well, I, I still remember um, a number of years ago when, um, when it was still just um, paper maps and road signs. And we got ourselves lost so many times. And I'm very thankful now, though, for Google Maps. It is a brilliant tool for when you're traveling and you find yourself in a place or a space or a city where you are unfamiliar with the context. There is guidance there in the old Google Maps. And David realizes that if we let ourselves go, if we entrust ourselves to this restoration that God wants to bring to our life, he will actually show us the way. He will actually show us how to go about doing this. He doesn't just bark it from the sidelines and say, get about it, will you? No, no, he walks with us. You remember Luke 24, um, just after Jesus has risen from the dead, on the road to Emmaus, he walks alongside the disciples. He shows them the way. See, David realized that in the goodness of God, the relationship experience and the knowledge of his circumstances, they were in the heart and the hands of God. And though even he was in a difficult and a dark place, he could sense that the invitation of God was going to walk him from where he was into the greater truth of a new life with God and his goodness. And again, for you and I who are friends of Jesus, Listen to the words of Jesus when Jesus said to his followers, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. Where will he guide you? He will guide you into the truth of who God is and his care for your life. Paul said it like this. Let's jump onto the next slide, thanks. Paul said it like this. In Romans 8, this is a, a really good one. He says, what will we say in response to these things? If, if God is for us, who can be against us? And this, this is the underlying bit. This, this is, now, David didn't have this revelation, but we do. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us everything we need? All things. As if Jesus wasn't enough. Paul's saying, God's so good. He will give you Jesus to show you the way to help you out from the insufficiency and into a life of the goodness of God, and he will graciously give you everything you need so that you can live the life that God has promised for us in his goodness. I think Paul said that really well. Today, as you listen to David, the king of Israel, I think we can hear and see a little bit of our own story. We can see a little bit of it and hear a little bit of our own story that we also, not just you and I in this room, but the people we're living with, our families, our workmates, everyone that we're going to school with, they, along with us, need someone who is good 
to lead us out from where we are and into a life of freedom. And, and God, through Christ, is the one who brings us out from all of the insufficiency, out of the drivenness of self-determination, out of even the fear of possible insufficiency, which is where a lot of people live, in the fear of the possibility of insufficiency, whatever arena that is in our life, economic, relational, vocational, spiritual, the possible fear of insufficiency, God invites us to turn to him away from our lack and into his restful space of generous, green provision and restoration for our life. Turning to God, away from our lack, our perceived lack, our nagging sense of insufficiency and all of the syndrome that that has, and bring us into the restful space of green pastures and provision for the restoration of your soul. Imagine a people walking in the earth out of the goodness of God. Imagine a people walking in the earth from the goodness of God. Let's stand and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you that we live in the generosity of your love for us revealed in Jesus. Lord Jesus, I ask this morning, in your kindness, you would come and you would lead us. Come, Spirit of Truth, guide us. And I pray right now that you would, Lord, let your kingdom come and break through all of the the narrative of the atmosphere that we live under every day that's yelling insufficiency over us. Break through the powers in the name of your son, Jesus, I ask it, Lord. Break through the powers. Come, Lord Jesus, your kingdom, a people, your kingdom, a people, living in and under the generosity of God in the earth, not trying to escape it, but into it with the joy of salvation for everyone who sees us along the way. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Deal deal vigorously with the powers that have ripped off and encroached over our lives. Set us free, Spirit of God.
in the name of Jesus, the great one, the king, the high and mighty resurrected one. We're asking for this, Lord. And we're also turning up in this moment, Lord. Come. Expose the insufficiency that's in us, Lord, where we've set up camp and we're living from. And in your kindness, Lord, come and grab a hold of us and lie us down in the generosity of your goodness, Lord. Set us free. And in the name of Jesus, I just speak a dismantling now, a destructuring now over all of the insufficiency that's been filtered into us and bred over us and spoken over us. Each one, whether that's relational, a relational place, an economic thing, a fear, a spiritual dynamic, we just speak, dis, uh, just dismantle it now in Jesus' name. Come, Lord, let your kingdom come and build new life in us. New life. New life. Satpi samararapasi, Papa. Yes, Lord, your voice. Then all the others. We just want to live in the generosity of your loving voice over our life. And it's not necessarily that all the other voices will go away, but that we would be a people empowered to know your voice through it all. I feel like there's a, a, a grace, a very special grace. It's one of the, it's a, it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's just this sense of being able to discern, to know, oh, that's God. And that's not God. So I just release in the name of Jesus the grace of discernment over all of our lives. And there's a number of us in the room, you know, we've been, stuff's been driving us and pushing us and, and we've been a little bit Resistant to like letting it go, and what would who would I be if I actually, you know, wasn't busy doing all this stuff or trying to prove myself, or who who would I really be, you know? I just want to say, in this season, God's about to come and grab you and put you down into His green pasture. And as much as you're you're gonna maybe push against that, His love is good. And he's not going to let you go. He's committed to seeing you fully free, restored, healed, 
and living in the fullness of his love and goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.